You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. Hope everyone is doing well. This podcast is getting out a little bit later than normal. I've been traveling and I had some travel issues. Plane got in late. If anybody's been traveling, they've uh, the last few days probably have been aware of all the flight cancellations and then um, I think Southwest canceled by 1800 flights or something like that and then people were switching to American which is my preferred airlines and then once people switched to American the flights are overbooked I know when I left Dallas I think um, we left like hours later than we were supposed to because there were 30 planes backed up on the runway so traveling has been a hassle for me but I'm in LA recording this live from LA I'll be out here a few days kind of disappointed that there's not a Clippers or Lakers game going on while I'm here um would love to catch like some of the preseason games because during preseason that's the time that you get a chance to see some of the rookies that you evaluated from the previous draft get get big minutes so like Austin Reeves, BJ Boston, those are guys that I really would have been looking forward to see play. But since they're not playing while I'm in town, I guess I'll miss out on that. But before I get started in this episode, I want to thank everyone for making Locked On NBA Draft their first listen of the day. And just thank everyone that has been supporting the Locked On Network and and Locked On NBA Draft and, and my show specifically. So thank you very much for that. Now, in this episode, hopefully it's not too controversial. Hopefully it's not something that's going to get me in trouble in France. But my subject for today is, should we be concerned about French prospects? Now, France seems to be the biggest threat to challenge USA basketball and FIBA dominance and For the past few years, France has been really competitive. Even if you look at the gold medal game, we won, um, we as in Team USA, won 87-82. It was closer than many people expected. And I know Team USA didn't have their, you know, it wasn't the full roster. So it wasn't like LeBron, Harden, Steph, some of those guys weren't, weren't there. But overall, it's still, if you look at on paper, we had multiple guys who are earning max contracts. And then if you look at the team on France, I mean, outside of Gobert, um, they had guys that would not have been able to make Team USA. So that game was a lot closer than a lot of people thought. We also lost to France earlier in the Olympics and then also in the under-19, I'm sorry, not under-19, I'm sorry, 2019 World Cup in China, which I actually happened to be there. Then you look at the under-19 team, which featured, uh, which I put, a, I'll say it like this: it did not feature our best under nineteen players because some of those guys were in the NBA draft. But it did have Chet Holmgren. You had guys like Jaden Ivey. You had quite a few guys that are projected to go high in the twenty twenty two draft. And we beat France eighty three eighty one. And the best player in that particular tournament was Victor Wimbayama, who 
everyone is touting as possibly well everyone is touting as the the number one pick in 2023 and I've even heard some people say he's the best NBA prospect since Anthony Davis and the best European prospect to enter the NBA since Luka Doncic so he's in good company there if he lives up to that hype but overall we won that game by two we as in Team USA again won it by two and the game changed when Wimbayama ended up in foul trouble. Then France, their under-16 team won the 2021 Euro Challengers. Their under-20 team went 5-0 and at the at the under-20s. So France is loaded with talent. I mean, they are loaded. And even if you just go by this year's draft, you have, I think, four guys that will get drafted. Maybe five, but... Um, we're talking about Usman Jang, who's projected to go top 10 on, on some drafts. He is a wing that has been compared to Paul George, who will be playing in New Zealand. Then he has his teammate, Hugo Besson, who I think is one of the most underrated prospects in this draft. I look at his film and I see a guy that, I mean, is a super confident shot maker. And I, I've done videos on my youtube channel on best and i've even talked about him in previous podcasts so i won't go too much into detail because if you've been listening you, you've heard me talk about dang and Besson quite a bit but those are two guys that i think have first round potential then there's another big ishmael kamagate hopefully i'm pronouncing that right he played on the under 20 team had a strong summer's playing pretty well so far for paris basket he is a 6 11 big live body he's mobile agile he's a good athlete and what i like about him is that he can put the ball on the floor and attack closeouts he's pretty fast i mean he he's fast for a big so his game is more so speed and finesse over power um he does have some struggles finishing through contact because he's a little small and i think the biggest weakness that he has right now that he would need to improve on is his hands he does have a tendency to bobble passes and and, and just uh just needs, needs to overall work on his hands then you have malcolm Cazalon, who's been talked about in draft circles for a few years really good athlete wing has shown at least i haven't checked the stats in a couple of days but i know early in the season he has been shooting the ball really well good vision as a passer um someone that i think could could end up having a decent career in the NBA as an athletic wing finisher that gets out in transition, has the physical tools to be able to defend, and he can also be a pretty decent ball mover. And then there's Matthew Strazel, who's playing for Osvell, which is the same team as Wimbayama, speedy point guard. I think he's a friend. Well, he's, he's an NBA prospect, but I think he's like a fringe second round pick. So France has five guys that are at least in my opinion, have an opportunity to get drafted in the 2022 NBA draft. And then there's a few guys that are I'll talk about later on that are up and coming that have that that are highly regarded. And then if you just look at 2021, you have Wuhan Bagarin, who was drafted by the Celtics, who is they've stashed him. So he's playing for Paris Basket. You got Joel Ayayi, who played at Gonzaga. He went to college here in the States was very you know he was on a very very good Gonzaga team and I think if he went to a different situation he probably gets drafted I mean it's tough to to 
you know, really maximize your 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 potential or your role when you're playing with Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert, and then they also had uh, Drew Timmy. So Ayai is on a two way with the Lakers, and then there's Tvi Pons, who is I think he might make the Memphis Grizzlies. He's a freakish freakish athlete that also went to school here in the states at Tennessee. Pons is calling card is his defense. I mean, he is a, a I mean, he's he's an incredible defender, shot blocker, a little bit undersized for his position, but I think that there's a role for him in the NBA. So overall, France has some some you know, some talent that is coming through and some talent that is also in the NBA. But when we return, I'll talk about a few of the up-and-coming French prospects and also why we should be concerned about drafting French prospects. All right, I would like to talk to you about Sweatblock. Now, I'll tell you my reasons why I like Sweatblock, but it is doctor-created, it is doctor-recommended, it works for up to seven days per use, guarantees you a dry shirt, if Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you can get your money back. It's featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters. It's the bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. It has over 13,000 reviews, and it is also manufactured in the USA. And with Sweatblock, it's something that you have to have in your toiletry bag. It is stronger and it's more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply just apply it at night before bedtime and you go to bed. And the next morning you wake up, you wash, and you go about your day without having to worry about being sweaty. Guaranteed, it keeps you dry. I know it sounds too good to be true, but you literally only have to use sweat blocks once or twice a week, and it would keep you dry the whole time. No more pitting out, no more picking my shirts based off of which one will hide the sweat better. Yeah, I can wear gray shirts in the summertime. So if there's someone that you love that is dealing with this, check out Sweatblock. You can get 20% off at sweatblock.com. Use the promo code locked on, or you can find it on Amazon at or at CVS. All right, you're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. Again, this is your host, Rafael Barlow. And thank you. Thank you so much for making Locked On your first listen of the day. All right, now I want to talk about a few of the up-and-coming French prospects. I mentioned some of the guys in 2022, but they have quite a few guys that are coming up in the next few drafts that are going to be first-round picks. I strongly believe that, and a few more that are going to be selected in the second round. All right, we'll talk about Wimbanyama briefly. If you've been listening to the podcast, which I hope you have, then you know all about Wimbayama. Wimbayama is this this like this unicorn of an athlete, crazy like seven ten or seven eight wingspan, inside outside defensive presence. Had his coming out party at the uh, under nineteens this summer, where he was the best player. Little small, thin frame, but he's playing for Osville right now. He, he dealt with some sickness. I talked to his agent last week, and um, he hasn't played the last few games because he's been ill. Um, I think the expectations for him in the EuroLeague are going to be pretty tough for him to overcome, I think, with all the hype surrounding him. I think a lot of people are going to expect big numbers in the EuroLeague or maybe even like Luka Doncic's numbers, which is is, is, is tough. But um, maybe next year, when, once he gets better, I think Luka was at his, the year he was drafted is when he had his real coming out party in the EuroLeague. So I think that uh, Wimbayama next year is the year that will really have a, a, a better gauge of, of how, how he fares as a prospect. But there's also a few guys... Um, 
There's a guy that I really like, and I'm probably going to butcher his name, but it's Kamani Hunshaw. He is a 6'5 point guard. He was on the under 16 team. I really like him. Now, he does have some red flags. He struggles with shooting the ball. He struggles finishing at the rim. And you're probably like, well, (laughs) if he struggles finishing at the rim and shooting, why are you so high on him? One of the things I like most about him is he's a 6'5 point guard. He was born in 2006. He has an excellent combination of size, length, athleticism, defensive potential, and just a high upside for a point guard. He has good court vision and feel for a passer. I know I'm a little biased here, but he he plays with this flash and this flair that I like. He routinely throws behind-the-back passes out of pick-and-roll, but he loves to pass. He's a pass-first point guard. He's not a reactionary passer. Like He really enjoys putting his teammates in the best position to to succeed. So that's another thing that I like about him. He moves the ball in transition, passes the ball ahead. Now, as far as scoring, he is a, I mean, right now at this point, he's like a, he's a slasher for sure, but he has an advanced, fancy handle. He's got a little shake and bake to his game, changes speeds and directions. I like that he has like this happy, what I call happy and active feet. Feet are always moving. Think of like Kimball Walker feet or even like Darren Williams, how they just were able to change directions because their feet were always moving. He does have a little bit of that in his game, along with the quick first step and burst. And he's a a bouncy athlete. He does most of his damage attacking the rim off the dribble. And he can get to the paint at will. Now, finishing in the paint is is a, a different story, but I think he's at his best in transition. Now, he's only... Well, he's only born in 2006, so he's young. I mean, we still have a, a few more years to evaluate him. But in my opinion, outside of Wimbayama, I think he could be the best prospect in, in France coming up outside of the guys that I mentioned in 2022. And then there's Alexander Saar, who is going to be playing for Overtime Elite. Now, that's a whole situation. I saw that they just released their schedule. It's going to be interesting how Overtime Elite fares. I'm still not 100% convinced that... This is the best option, especially for guys that are from overseas. I mean, the money may be a little bit better. Well, it probably is a whole lot better, um, but it may be a step down in competition. I don't know. I mean, it's still really, really early in the process. So I'll I'll hold on my my judgment before I go too deep into an overtime elite. And then there's Killian. Malwaya, who is highly regarded. Then there's another uh, another shooter named Zachary Rishak. Oh, man, I, I know I didn't pronounce that right. But these are guys that everyone is really looking forward to. There's another kid, City Sisako, who is also highly regarded. So the, the future for French prospects is very bright. I mean, we're talking about within the next three or four drafts and it could also change i mean guys could fall off and there could be some other guys that are that are coming up but i want to say within the next two to three no i'll say the next yeah the next two to three nba drafts we could have as many as 10 guys from france that are selected in these drafts so the the french pipeline is strong whatever they're doing as far as developing has i mean it's is worked as far as getting them on nba radars now a lot of these french prospects have african roots so 
They may have the same athleticism and physical tools as a lot of the, the prospects in the States. And one of the things that is interesting to me is I feel like Canada and France have the same potential and upside as far as producing prospects. Now, Canada has done a good job of producing NBA prospects and NBA players. But for whatever reason, Canada's national team has, I mean, they've, I mean, they've been a major disappointment. They have everything that it takes to be like a real power. I mean, to really give the U.S. A, a run for their money, at least make things really competitive. I don't know exactly what's all going on there in Canada, why their national team hasn't been able to be as productive as, as you would like. But overall, I think that talent for talent, skill for skill, Canada and France are similar France has done a much better job producing as far as on the, the FIBA level. But as far as like overall prospects, I think that France just is, is deep with producing NBA talent. And I am going to talk about why I think we should be a little bit concerned. All right. Stay tuned. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Do not forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON. If you want to receive your bonus, you must use the promo code locked on from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. All right. You're listening to Locked on NBA Draft. This is Rafael Barlow. All right. Now I want to talk about why I think we should be a little bit concerned about French prospects. Now, overall, as far as French prospects, you have a few guys in the NBA that are doing really well. Rudy Gobert, Evan Fournier, Nick Batum has had a good career. TLC has been a, a solid contributor. But in the past few drafts, the French prospects have been disappointing. All right, let's start off with 2020. Teo Maladon has probably been the best <laughs> so far. Um, he had a solid rookie year. Now, the thing about Oklahoma City is that, I'll be honest, I don't like what they're doing. I mean, they're just really, really tanking, and, and, I mean, they are not getting the same criticism as the process in Philly. So somebody has to put up numbers, and then maybe even we'll get to the point where some of their prospects or some of their players on their team may be overvalued because somebody has to put up numbers on a bad team. But overall, I thought Tail Maladon had – a pretty solid rookie year. Unfortunately, even though he did have a good rookie year, and I believe he made all rookie, it doesn't look like he's going to be the starter because they've already handed the keys to Josh Giddy, who has, you know, I mean, he's he's definitely played well so far in preseason. But Maladon has looked good. And you can probably make a case and say out of the last few drafts, maybe the last five drafts, Maladon might have looked the best. All right, so let's. Let's go with Killian Hayes. I was super high on Killian Hayes. I thought Killian Hayes was even better than LaMelo Ball. 
so embarrassing to to admit that. Now I know it's still early. We're still only, you know, a year in, but I mean it looks like it is a no-brainer that LaMelo Ball is head and shoulders way above Killian Hayes. And Hayes has had some moments, but for the most part, some of the concerns that a lot of scouts and people had about him have really come to light. I mean, he lacks ideal athleticism. He um, hasn't been a good shooter. I mean, he, we all knew that he could pass, but as far as going right, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens in, in Detroit. I mean, it looks like right now that you know they're going to play Hayes and Cunningham together, but I think eventually they're going to decide that that uh, Cunningham is best with the ball in his hands, even though some people still disagree. I had someone reach out to me on Twitter, and they thought that Killian, I'm sorry, not Killian, but they thought that Cade is best suited to play off the ball as opposed to being the primary point. But I still think uh, Cade is going to end up being the point guard. But back to Killian. Killian has really disappointed. I know he had an injury. I know that he... His um, development was delayed without summer league. Then he got off to a, a slow start. Didn't really have a training camp. Got injured early in the season. Came back, but really did not look really, really good at summer league in, in summer league either. So I think there's some concerns there. Then if you go back to 2019, you had Sekou Dumbuya, who I was high on. I had a chance to watch Sekou work out the majority of the summer. And I remember the first time I saw Sekou, it was in 2017. It's kind of like his breakout party at the under 18. I think he may have been only like 15 years old at the time, 15 or 16. And I thought, I I, I thought to myself when I saw him play, like this dude is going to be the number one pick or at least a top five pick once he's draft eligible. I still believe in Sekou's physical tools and his talent. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's 6'8", 230 that can handle the ball a little bit, that can shoot the three. Well, on paper, it doesn't look like he can shoot the three, but I've seen him shoot. I mean, I was at his pro day. I want to say he made like 15 threes in a row. And uh, for whatever reasons, um, I won't get into the reasons, but he struggled with adapting to being a professional. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was the 15th pick, 2019 draft. He's only 20 years old, Detroit. Detroit, a team that had the number one pick, gave up on him. They traded him to Brooklyn. He played a preseason game for Brooklyn where I thought he looked well. I I thought he looked – well, I thought he played well. I thought he looked good. I want to say he had like 13 points in 13 minutes or 13 points in 11 minutes. He showcased some of the same flashes and and tools that would make scouts high on him. And then after one game, they traded him to Houston. Houston, the Houston Rockets, a team that is – in the same tank mode as the Thunder, in a sense, decided that they didn't want him. So now he's on the two-way with the Lakers. So, I mean, there, there has to be some some other factors involved there for someone that's only 20 years old with his skill set, only two years removed or three years removed from being drafted, and he is already been on He's on his fourth team already, and he's been reduced to a two-way contract. So it's safe to say that Dumbuya has been a disappointment. And no matter how much I like him, no matter how much I want him to succeed, I'm just being totally honest, he has been a disappointment. And then another one that is probably the most famous one is somebody who I'm also rooting for, but it's he definitely hasn't lived up to to his um, 
draft position is Frank Nilakina. Frank is in Dallas. Right now, he is battling for a roster spot as of today, as of when this episode airs. He's not a guarantee to make the Mavs roster. I, I think he will. I think the situation with Trey Burke deciding not to be vaccinated and Mark Cuban being adamant about he wants all players on the team, everybody that works for the Mavs to be vaccinated. I think that's going to help Frank out. But even in the preseason, I mean, I went to the game against the Jazz and he, he didn't play. I mean, Carly Jones was playing ahead of him. So Frank has been a, a, a disappointment. So now, on one hand, I don't want to lump all French players in the same basket. But on the other hand, I mean, it's just being very real, like, a lot of the French prospects that have been lottery picks in the last five years have not lived up to their draft position. We're not even going to talk about Frederick Weiss. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you don't know Frederick Weiss, he was the guy that the Knicks drafted and Vince Carter jumped over his head and he never came to the NBA. So with all that being said, should we really be concerned about drafting French prospects in the lottery? Should we be concerned about Usman Jang? Now, I've already have some concerns about Jang, not because of his skill set and his talent. My concerns for him and his draft stock this year is the role. And I've mentioned it before. I don't want to go too much into detail again, but he's going to New Zealand Breakers, which they have Hugo Besson, who I think is going to be a star in that role. And then you have Peyton Siva. There's another guard that I I forget that needs the ball. And Jang is best when he has the ball in his hand. So I think that he's, I don't know. As of right now, I don't feel like he's in the best position to succeed and maximize his draft status. But he's the guy that a lot of people are projecting could be a top 10 pick. And I've I've seen his film. Talent-wise, He's he's got it. I mean, he's 6'8", can handle the ball is a guy that created his own shot. He's long. I mean, the NBA is starved for long, rangy wings, and he does fit the mold and fit the bill. So I, I think that he'll definitely be a first-round pick, regardless of what happens, because the upside is too high. But he's dealt with some injury issues. and But as far as him, he's the only one that's projected, as of now, I mean, we're still early, to be a lottery pick in the 2022 NBA draft. But going forward, like I said, Wimbayama is projected to go number one and a few other guys are projected to go high. So should we be concerned about French prospects? And if you look at the French prospects or the French players in the NBA now, Joachim Noah, he he I mean, he lived up to his draft draft status, um, even though, you know, it's kind of funny sometimes as Americans, if a guy went to college in the States, we kind of claim we don't necessarily claim him as being an international prospect you know we kind of lump them in with us but other than that the french prospects that have succeeded the most were guys that were drafted late in the first round rudy gobert was the 27th pick evan fournier was selected at number 20 nicholas batum was the 25th pick and then let's not forget tony parker the best french basketball player was the 28th pick and then Boris Diaw, who was the 21st pick in 2003. So the French players that have had the most success seem to have been the guys that were selected in the 20s. Now, the guys that have been selected in the lottery have struggled. So 
again, my question is, should we be concerned about French prospects? Now, I know it took it way deep. I went back to almost uh, like 20 years with, with Tony Parker, but just based off of history, you get more bang for your buck with a French prospect if you draft him in the 20s as opposed to the lottery. So with all that being said, I want to ask your opinion. You can reach out to me on, on Twitter, uh, B-A-R-L-O-W-E-5-0-0. Reach out to me on Twitter and tell me what are your thoughts on French prospects? Should we be concerned or am I just overthinking this? Yeah, so reach out to me. Let me know your thoughts. I'll definitely respond. But that wraps it up for this episode. Thank you for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen. Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the numero uno, number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It is free and it is available on all platforms. Thanks again. It's Raphael, NBA Draft Junkies. And I am out. <laughs>